Hey, this is Max, and welcome back to the Running System Podcast. I once again am with Ali Fayyad. Um, and actually, uh, I'm glad you listened to the to the Jared one, because um, I wanted to bring up the champion's path. Um, and I know he approached uh, you on it as well, and you you actually mentioned it in the last one. Um, so what, what exactly, um, like what kind of articles are you contributing to it? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Thanks for having me back, Max. Um, so the champion's path idea, so me, me and Jared, uh, Matt, like he kind of explained, uh, we're always uh, watching the world, you know, evolve uh, more and more. And then we we, we were, were witnessing, like like many others, uh, you know, probably a lot of your listeners and, and other uh, men in the world, we're watching it drift more and more from who we are, who, who are we supposed to be as, as men, as family men, as as individual responsible individuals in society, in our communities, what do we contribute? What kind of example uh, are we setting? And uh, you know, Jared had uh, like he, he kind of said he kind of uh, wanted to spend more time home and morphed off into another uh, company that he's working for, and I kind of did the same thing. Uh, and he uh, hit me up one day, and he's like, "Hey, Ali, I'm starting this thing. I got this idea." that's what i want to do uh i was like man that's great and i've already was posting on my personal social media i would post a i would like to write a lot and, and kind of set the example and all that and uh he approached me on it i was like man this is great uh, i can contribute for sure i'd like to be part of the team so we write articles along the uh along the way of uh, how to be a better man how to be a better human how to be responsible how to lead by example how it all starts with you before you put it out to the world. What are you doing? Say, for example, if if you come and tell me something and I want to ask you, are you doing it? Is it even working? Uh, what are the lessons learned and and uh, how do we apply them? And then just and then just you know uh, uh, publish it out to, to the world to anyone willing to listen and kind of along the mentor mentee uh, idea because we felt like there's a lot of these younger uh, uh individual younger men and even older you know our age and even older men who are just lost they just they don't know where to start uh and 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 manhood and and uh, the idea of a responsible adult male uh is, is we 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 it's fading it's going away it was like there, there are you know certain things you should be able to do and, and handle and be capable of as a man and it starts with morals who you are morally what do you stand for uh, you know, I use a, 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 an analogy all the time. It's like, can you, when you stare in the mirror in the morning, whether you're shaving, showering, brushing your teeth, whatever you're doing, do you like what's staring back at you? Does it even bother you that you're not, uh, you know, tapping into your full potential? Kind of, you know, uh, like what David Goggins said one day, it, it's going to be very sad when you live and die and not be able to explore your full true potential. So we wanted to attack it from that angle. But we knew there's a ton of these programs out there where, uh, you know, like the the, the coaching uh, approach to things. And the, I'll give you the secret recipe, you know, I'll tell you this and you're going to be just fine. And we wanted to have a different approach of uh, watch me do it and let me tell you what I did and what worked and you you can apply to your life as well. 
Yeah, yeah. It's along the same principles of why I started um, the Ronin system. It was kind of like, again, it more started as um, for two reasons, as as like my personal journal through life, um, but also as a way to to try and encourage others to, you know, try and be the best versions of themselves. You know, like one of my mantras in life is um, you don't get good, you only get better. Um, so I yeah. think that's something that we should all sort of strive to to try and achieve is just getting better day by day kind of thing. And I, I think it really resonates with the champion's path uh, in a lot of ways. Co- correct. Yes. And there is no uh, specific uh, subject you're, you're, you're uh, married to, to write about, or you're obligated anything. You can yeah. write about anything as long as it's meaningful, impactful, uh, well-written and, and has a, an underlying message. And one of my first pieces I wrote on there was about being a father. I'm not a father and I grew up as an orphan. So I think it was way more powerful to be written uh, by an orphan than someone who's not a father. I have a nine-year-old niece that means the world to me. Uh, and it, and it, and it, and it, uh, it, it was, it was received very well uh, by the audience on the uh, champion's path and uh, very well, right. Got a lot of good feedback on it, but what is, what is, what is a, what is a man? What is a dad? What is a dad? Do? Who, where does, how, how, how is a dad perceived and, and uh, things, things along those lines, but you, you can write anything as long as it, as long as we're, it, it relates to the message we're trying to push out there of uh, what does it mean to be a responsible adult male uh, to your responsible to yourself first, responsible to your family, responsible to your career, to your health, to your training, to your community, to life, to your faith, uh, along those lines. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's that article called, actually? The the one about the fatherhood? Uh, it's, uh, it's fatherhood. It's just fatherhood? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm about to check that out. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's uh, I think, uh, two, two to five minute reads. So. Okay. Okay, perfect. So one thing I wanted to ask too, uh, we didn't have time in the last one. Um, you said you did uh, jujitsu for a little bit, but then you stopped. I was just wondering like, why was it, was it just like got in the way or, you know, didn't have time uh, briefly, for it? Yes. Yeah. So I, I did it briefly, uh, like very, very briefly. And uh, the, the, uh, and, and, and honestly, it's, it's kind of sound as an excuse and I hate excuses. Uh, work, the work schedule got in the way. I could have still done it. I just didn't, follow through with it uh honestly there was some other things going on in my life uh and it fell through and just never went back to it uh and uh i, I was very attracted to the idea i have a lot of friends who do it and some relatives uh who do it. A, a relative of mine a distant cousin who's a muay thai coach very very good one um and i trained with him for a little bit on that um and i've been saying ever since which was last year that i'm gonna go back and do it i'm gonna go back and do it but i uh, again, if I say travel schedule, if I say, uh, you know, knees and back and all that from this, it's all that's an excuse because I'm very well, I'm very capable of doing it. I can do it. I can slot time to do it. Honestly, there's absolutely no excuse as to why I just never went back. And you can, we can call it laziness. We can call it uh, whatever we want to call it. But there is no valid, legit excuse as to why I did not go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For that travel thing, actually. Um... I don't know if you've ever heard of them. There's this this group of uh, people called the the BJJ Globetrotters. Have you heard of uh-huh. them? So no, they, I have not. Yeah, so they um they operate. So in jujitsu, um, for those of you that don't know, that they operate in this association kind of thing where where every pretty much every single gym and every single 
instructor, they fall under a specific association that's led by another higher level or, or more experienced instructor or gym or, or whatever, what have you. Basically it's like, it's like, um, like clans, I guess is, is the best way to describe it. But every association, they have their own gyms, they have their own, uh, quote unquote territories, like my association that I'm with. We, um, we're very prominent in the South of the U S mm-hmm. um, but there's associations that are global. There's associations that are specific to a certain region of the world, but the globe trotters, they try and do away with that. They don't want that sort of like clicky, almost culty mentality. So uh-huh. they, they operate where no matter who you are, no matter who you train with, no matter what your association, you can come in and train with us. And so, you know, you can kind of like sign up for their, for their association and i'm i'm doing quote quotation marks here because they don't actually an association it's just a group um and you can train pretty much all over as long as there's a a gym because i know there's a lot of places where if you're a part of a particular association or if you're not a part of their particular association they won't let you train with them right you know and it's i also i agree with that i think that's dumb you know i don't i don't want to have the sport be limited by this sort of like competition you know we're all do, trying to do the one thing is which is get better at jiu-jitsu so like why are, why is there a barrier but um with the globetrotters they actually have a lot of people that travel you know like a another buddy of mine he, he travels pretty much all over the world and he wants to try and do jiu-jitsu and like the best way for him to do it is is to be a member of the globetrotters and then be able to wherever he goes find a globetrotter gym and then train there without having the issue of like oh, are they going to let me train like what like will I be able to know anyone or anything like that? It's, it's made it easier for him to do that. So I was oh, like okay. an option for yeah. people out there that, that want to travel or they do travel or, or, you know, like they want to train. That's an option. Uh, just wanted to point that out there. I appreciate it, man. I didn't even know that was such a thing because I have during my travel before visited local gyms and I did train with them. They allowed me to train. No problem. They never mentioned anything like that. I didn't know that was such a thing where you're not able to train if you belong to or represent a certain association or branded by a certain one. I didn't even know that was a thing. So I think that idea of the Jiu-Jitsu Globetrotter, I think that's a great idea. That's good to know. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's actually, it's gotten less of an issue as of late just because more people are more accepting of it. It's definitely like a super old school mentality. I mean, it even, it predates Jiu-Jitsu for sure because like, you know, like the Kung Fu world of like, oh, you, you can't, like there's like dojo storms and things like that where they they like like one particular school will attack another school and like challenge them for the right of the area or whatever like that's like an actual real life thing that happened in wow. kung fu happened in karate you know like so it's it's a, it's a definitely like a really old old school like overall martial arts thing where it's just like right. my martial art or my type of martial art is better than yours like my style is better than yours kind of thing. Like I'm not going to tr- like share my trade secrets kind of thing. You know, it's, right. And it's definitely correct, going away. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I am ignorant to the, to the, uh, to the, to the sport and then the kind of the history of it. Uh, but I think from what I know, and which is not much is very little is the kind of jujitsu put all these other ones to bed. Like they're not as effective as jujitsu. Yeah. That, um, that, that, that did happen um, in a lot of ways. So just as a brief history of jiu-jitsu, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu in particular, it was started by this this family called the Gracies. Um, mm-hmm. 
they're the most popular, like they're the most famous, but there's definitely other families like the Machados and, and the, uh, the Sours, I think. Uh-huh. No, not the Sours. Those are Judo. But um, the, it was like families in Brazil that they trained with Judo guys um, because Judo, um, the Judo black belts, they were going all over the world, just kind of not really saying that it's better, but just sort of like, let me challenge this martial art to see where our flaws are. Let me like spread the word of what judo is. And that was back in like the 19, 1900s, like the early 1900s. Right. Um, and when it got to Brazil, a lot of the judo guys at the time were these big burly men, you know, like big dudes, because the goal of judo is just to toss someone on their back right. you know, and hold them down. So the smaller guys couldn't really do that. And there's this one guy in particular named um, Elio Gracie, super frail. I think he was like sub 100 um sickly kid that wanted to do judo but couldn't so his father um hired this these guys to train him specifically on the ground game uh like submissions pins things like that Uh and he got really good at it and then they decided to adapt it and create a new martial art at the time called brazilian judo but they didn't want it to kind of like like it would be weird to have judo and brazilian judo so they tried to change it to jujitsu and then it kind of grew from there, but they marketed it better by just saying like, this is for everyone, you know, like anyone can be good at jujitsu because you had Elio being able to submit and essentially beat larger opponents um, because right. he was able to manipulate them on the ground. And so it grew from there. Um, and then fast forward to the 1990s um, here in the U S uh, one of the Gracies, I actually can't remember who specifically it was, but one of the Gracies got together with some other martial artists um, and some other promoters, and they created this concept of a tournament, which is the UFC. It was the it was the original UFC, uh-huh. and basically they just got like boxers, uh, karate guys, kickboxers, judo guys, wrestlers, and um, um. Jeez, I should know. Hoist Gracie. Hoist Gracie was a jiu-jitsu black belt, and they got him and then put them all together in this one tournament. No holds barred. Just, you know, fight until someone gives up, essentially. And that was, like, the definitive, like, modern jiu-jitsu is the best martial art kind of thing because he won, like, three or four of the competitions um, across the years. You know, is it's what sort of ignited the fuel for like ignited the fire for like people to actually pick up jujitsu and be like, oh, this is actually legitimate. You know, you got this small, small dude because Hoist was probably like 170 at the time uh-huh. going against guys that are like 200 plus pounds. And he's right. just like, you know, mo- literally mopping the floor with them. So that was where the idea came from. But obviously, you know, they always say size doesn't matter. They always say anyone can do jujitsu. I think that's actually a fallacy. I don't think that's true at all. Um, I think size definitely matters. And I think, you know, like it's, it's hard. It gets harder to do jujitsu against people that know jujitsu. You know what I mean? Like, yes, uh, I, I, I agree with you again, with a little bit of knowledge that I have, and I agree with you specifically. And I've mentioned that to a lot of my coaches at the time is uh, size and strength really do matter. Yeah, for sure. Right? Because when I came in as a white belt, I was in against other uh, uh, white belts, and, I, and I'm a lot older than, than these kids, you know, whoever they are. 
And uh, there were some blue belts that were training with us. Uh, I think that, that was the highest that we trained with the white belt. But e either way, and these kids are have been doing this for like a year, year, year and a half, or whatever. And they would ex unable to execute anything uh, against me when I had, did not know a single thing because I was stronger and bigger. Yeah. And when I when I would go to learn and grapple with the, with the with the more advanced belts, you know, uh, maybe a purple, sometimes a brown. Again. They would eventually wear me out uh, because I was using just pure strength, and I'm going to get tired, muscle fatigues, and they would wait for me, right? And that's the the biggest also uh, tactic of jujitsu. Uh, obviously, you can agree to you know or disagree because you know more, but uh, until up to that point, nothing was able to get done, and then we're still not striking, we're not doing anything, just purely submission. So I very very much agree with you, and I'm really actually glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, like um, it's definitely it's. I mean, I'm, I'm not a small guy by any means, you know, like I'm, I'm just under 200 pounds. Right. Um, short as hell though, five, five, seven, but really stock and basically a boulder, <laughs> but, um, you know, like I have focused a lot on, on getting stronger, getting faster and being, having, obviously having better endurance. I think that's right. one of my weakest areas, but coupling that with my skill it's very hard to find anyone that's a, a hobbyist in jiu-jitsu that that can really match with me um right. not to toot my own horn or anything right. but like when i go against these guys that actually do it for a living it's a vast difference right because these guys like a lot of jiu-jitsu guys like the whole idea of jiu-jitsu is like oh we don't you know it's the smaller man wins right as long as you have good technique correct but it's total bullshit when you look at the top tier athletes in jiu-jitsu and then grappling these guys are like physical physical freaks they're not just good at technically like technically but they're good like physically athletically they're also all of them are on steroids but but that's besides <laughs> the point you know like they're constantly weight training they're 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 running uh, doing road work running cycling swimming doing anything they can to get a physical right. edge on top of right. their technique you right. know so like it's it's just this thing to get people in the door, you know, it's all marketing, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's just a, I think it's a bad thing to say, you know, cause then you'll get really small people that come in and, and they learn some techniques and all of a sudden they think they can, you know, defend themselves or, or win competitions at, at the absolutes. Um, absolutes is when there's no weight class. Um, right. we have weight classes, but absolutes is, is a very common thing where, you know, a dude that's a hundred pounds can go against a guy that's like 400 pounds. Whoa. Yeah, that's happened before. <laughs> yeah, and I, to to be honest with you, I have seen uh, in real life uh, individuals who, exactly to your point, what you just said, uh, that were in the jiu-jitsu game for you know a few years, uh, and they're maybe like a purple belt, maybe more, and uh, and then bought into the idea. I'm not saying they're not skilled. I'm not saying they can't fight, but bought into the idea of uh, that size does not matter, and they and they end up getting really hurt. They got they got hurt pretty bad uh, because they just got tossed around like a rag doll and pummeled. Yeah, uh, when you know they've you've they kind of I think kind of forgot that there is more to brute violence than grappling, more than just grappling. There's punching, there's kicking, there's striking, there's elbows, there's the sidewalk, and that's also fighting against you. There is a whole bunch of elements and tools that can be used, and they end up getting hurt. You know, yeah. uh, instead of looking at it as just a a force multiplier, a skill multiplier that I can still use, uh, and it ended up ended badly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. I mean, speaking of white belts too, man, like 
white belts and blue belts. So I think the most dangerous guys are the guys that know a little bit about jujitsu yeah. and a yeah. good amount of wrestling. Like the re- yeah. <laughs> there's this common stereotype where the wrestler, the wrestler blue belt will beat will beat any black belt. Hundred percent true because like <laughs> it's I don't know if it's like this thing that that happens where like wrestlers they just like learn a couple of techniques and then just like are physical freaks but like a lot of the times i'll run into these guys where they don't know what they're doing so they'll just do it harder and that's something that's really hard to deal with because like a lot of the times they're like freakishly strong or fast it's just it's just always tough to deal with these guys like i'm not i'm not afraid to admit that as a black belt i've been submitted by guys that have no reason to be submitting me but they're just so physically strong or like they're just good, good enough wrestlers where it just negates everything I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. I have a lot of respect for you saying that I wrestled in high school uh, myself for two years. Uh, I was very good, uh, but I'm at the age right now where my cardio is lacking a little bit, but um, I, I consider to be, uh, I consider myself to be fairly strong. Uh, you know, I lift weights and all that. I kind of, you know, kind of goes with the, with the job and, and being physically fit and all that. I uh, could definitely handle it. And um, again, kind of goes along with what I saw the short time that I was uh, kind of practicing. And you know what? To be honest with you, I think that kind of, you know, topped with everything that was happening. I think kind of what shy to, what made me shy away from it more and became a little bit more attracted to Muay Thai. Uh, but you need the combination. You need both the ground game and the standing game. Um, maybe. Maybe now that we're speaking about it and I never really thought about pinning down the reason as to why I just knew I wasn't going anymore and I hated myself for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I want to get back into Muay Thai. I did Muay Thai as well for a little while there. And I actually stopped doing it um, just to focus on jujitsu uh, with yeah. life catching up to me. I started martial arts when I was in high school, but um, you know, like as college came through and then with, with adult work life, um, it was hard to keep up with both, so I had to give up one. But I've always wanted yeah. to go back to. I think Muay Thai is one of the best, if not the best, striking martial art you could do. Um, and this is for everyone. Like, I truly believe. Then, and this is gonna kind of, like kind of contradict what I said about Jiu-Jitsu, but I truly do believe anyone can do Muay Thai, just because, you know, there's less, there's less depth of technique obviously they're still super technical, but there's less depth of technique and understanding of like the physical form and more of an understanding of where you are and where your target is, you know? Yes. Complete brutal, brutal strike. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, I, I have a, I have a, I worked with a buddy overseas doing protection work who went to Thailand and trained in Thailand and fought in Thailand, uh, where the sport originated from. And like I was telling you, the, the distance cousin of mine that, that trains right now, I trained with him for a while. And then he introduced me to the leg kick individually. He's like, I'm going to check you, but not too hard. And I remember receiving that first one. I'm like, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it would ch- chop you down like a tree. And then, you know, combined with, you know, elbows and knees and the whole, I think it's just very brutal uh, thing to have and know uh, it wouldn't serve me well in my, it would, and I should I'm be careful how to say that. It wouldn't, it would serve me very well in my profession, but you be able to be able to use it with to, to its entirety. Uh, you probably end up going to jail because you'll, you'll kill someone uh, just enough to get you out of trouble. Uh, but I think honestly, you should be, an individual should be very well balanced between the two, uh, between the, the, the grappling ground game. Cause a lot of, you know, I, I'm not sure what the exact number of percentages the fights go to the ground, but they do. Uh, but that's not where, where I operate. I shouldn't be on the ground rolling with someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. 
Um, so you, you mentioned you, you do like weight training. Um, I wanted to ask with the weight training, do you, I, I know there's people out there that like, kind of like they lift and they train for a little bit more for aesthetics than they do actually for functionality. Right. But, um, do, do you also, do you mainly just do function or do you also add in some, like some sort of like, um, aesthetic training, you know, like, like you doing bicep curls and things like that. <laughs> So honestly, I don't know. I don't focus. Uh, my goal, my goal of it is not the aesthetic. The aesthetic is a byproduct, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, b- being impressed with what's staring back at you in the mirror is is a really cool thing. It gives you that confidence boost, and uh, it's it's very intriguing to you know the uh, other people as well. Like that. My goal is to become as strong as I am and stay as healthy. Uh, become as strong as I can be and be and stay as healthy as I can be, uh, because in order for me to consider myself one. Uh, as a lead, lead, leader by lead, leader by example, uh, I'm a protector of my family, of myself, my community, and I got to be the most professional individual at my job. At my, I know I have a saying that I, I used to say to my guys a little bit. I still do. Is you want to you want to strive to become a master of your trade. You know, every day you should wake up and try to be a master of what it is that you do. What is your passion? What 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 puts food on the table? What is it that you're passionate about that you chose to do in life? It could be anything. Right? It could be a baker, a welder, someone who glues toothpicks together for whatever. Are you the best at it? Can you become the best at it is, is my goal. So my goal is to, uh, part of my job is to be very, very physically able and capable. So I train to be the strongest as I, I can be. Uh, to level that playing field when I need to use it and how do I use it. Uh, and so the aesthetics come just as a byproduct, honestly. Yeah. So you do a lot of like powerlifting and, and Olympic lifting kind of stuff. Yes. Or? I, yes. I try to do that a lot. Uh, I still have to be able to not look so big uh, because you'll, yeah, yeah. Stand <laughs> out, you'll, you'll fall into the perception of the bodyguard. I still got to be able to wear a suit and like, you know, so, and, and there is ways to do that. And and I don't do CrossFit, but CrossFit proved that you can be two, three times as strong as someone twice as bigger, bigger than you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah uh, for if, sure. you, if you want, if, 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 if it's permissible to say or safe to say without being attacked out there is maybe CrossFit is the jujitsu of weightlifting. Uh, you know what I mean? To kind of level that level that playing field a little bit, and you know the Muay Thai Jiu-Jitsu of the weightlifting, where you don't need to be uh, Mr. Olympia, you know the Ronnie Coleman's and you know uh, and and all these guys out there, Big Grammy right now and all that, and you can still be. And I've seen it uh, in real life, and and I've kind of rolled around with some of those guys, and they're freakishly strong uh, because of the style, and it 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 was born in a, in a, in a gymnastic. Uh, gym, you know, in the Olympic gymnast and those guys, they were doing these workouts all along. Uh, and from uh, so uh, uh, CrossFit was born from a gymnast and a rower uh, workout. And you could throw it, sprinkle a little bit of wrestling in there. Uh, and and now look at it, you know, it's a, it's a popular sport, but they're freakishly. I honestly call the, the uh, CrossFit uh, athletes of the world, the, the ones that compete internationally and nationally, superhuman because they really are. So they're 100% superhuman. Like those guys, they're, they're, there's no way to keep up with them if you're a normal person, you know? Absolutely not. You will get so dominated and, and your will will become so broken as a man if you're going against another. You would, you would feel, they would make you feel like a complete piece of crap about your progress and effort that you're putting in because you're like, well, Good Lord, man. What what is what am I not doing? If you're not doing CrossFit, that's what you're not doing. But I got a lot of physical, and this is 
where the, the excuse is not an excuse. Uh, physical abilities, because I got hurt in the military uh, quite a bit, I am not able to do those sudden snatching and, and, and lifting movements. I would, get, I would get hurt a lot. So I have to really dance around it. And, we're, you know, we're up in age. So you really have to figure out how to, how, to, how to work around your injuries and still be effective because, you know, guys like us, we're always in a fight, right? You know, you still... Yeah. You used to in your mind you're 21 until you do something and then your body reminds you real quick that you're not. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I'm not even 30 yet, and I feel like I'm 50. <laughs> Just from all the injuries yeah, I've gotten so throughout the throughout my life. Exactly, being a black belt. No, dude, I tell you, I wake up every morning and then I have to stretch for 15 minutes to function, and I get so upset. I'm like, what? I got one of the best mattresses out there. I eat very well. Yeah, I sleep. <laughs> I, I, I you know the, the last time I had a sip of alcohol was, I think, I don't know, three months ago because, you know, I'm not like drinking like that. And it's like, why age, dude? You know, it's just an injuries and age and you just got to have to accept it and and be able to fix yourself, you know? Yeah. You, you know, what's funny is um one of my most and I'm going to say devastating very loosely, but one of my most devastating injuries was um, I was 14 years old and I was running. And then I got a stress fracture in my spine like just out of the blue like i was wow. just, yeah just yeah. running running to school um just taking a jog to school and then i just like kind of like felt this weakness in my legs and my back started hurting really bad and i just kind of like i had to like lay down on the ground in the in the middle of the road and my friends were like what are you doing i'm like i'm in pain and so it was just like the most random thing of like 14 year old me just got that that random issue just from running on the on the concrete road yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's 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 very sad. Uh, you know, and, and doing this, I keep circling back to this job. I apologize. I know we wanted to speak about other subjects, but the long hours, long hours are involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very common where the day starts at 6 a.m. and even before, because I get up, you gotta you gotta get up to work out on on these trips and the hotel gym. So you gotta really adapt and overcome it. Come very very creative uh, creative with your workouts to get them in, and then your day does not end till maybe about maybe midnight 1 p.m. And rinse and repeat the next day for two, three days or whatever until you, uh, you know, the details over or the trip is over, and you come back. So you got to be very, very cognizant of how to do these things and still be effective. Uh, and, and you're hurting the next day, you know, like on top of the workout and you're standing a lot, you're moving a lot, but you're very mentally engaged. It's what, what drains you. Uh, you got to be on, man. You got to be switched on. You're not the person having a dinner. You're not the person having a drink. You're not the person socializing. You're the person working and planning the next two, three steps ahead and, and uh, where we're going, how we're going, what we're doing, where is everything that I need, you know, where is, you know, all that. So that drain you. Think of using your phone for 13 hours with all these apps open and programs engaged. It's going to die. With the yeah, same yeah, for thing sure. With the, with the human. Yeah, man, I think that might have answered my question. My next question, <laughs> okay. I was gonna ask, um, do you do any like road road work, like with alongside your your lifting, like weight training? Uh, you said rope. Oh, uh, so road road work, like um, that's I guess that's like a fighter. I don't know if it's used outside of fighting, but um, road work is it, we refer to it as kind of like running, cycling, like basically just like endurance. Uh, oh yes, I do. Yes, I do. Not as much, not as much as I should be, but I do. Uh, I do. I do. I do cycling. You know, I have a very, very, very nice uh, bike um, and I do uh, running when I can, when, you know, when I have, you know, I always pack my running shoes, but mostly on indoor on a treadmill because of proximity. 
of where I am. But yes, I try to do as much of that as I could. If there's a pool, I'll jump in a pool. Uh, I would say if I was to break it from 100, I would say maybe 80-20. It should be 60-40, uh, 60 lift and 40 uh, of endurance. Uh, but right as of right now, I think it's, it's, it's fair enough, fair to say 80 to 85%, 80-20, 85-15. Yeah. I kind of, I have the same thought. I, th- I think endurance is probably like just as important, if not more important than strength, just because if you're just strong enough, but more have more stamina than, than anyone else, then you're going to, you're going to have a better time. You know, you're going to be able to like hold them off and then eventually start to take over kind of thing. Yes, but, absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. You know, overall would be a healthier, you know, your, your lungs and your, your other function and, uh, yeah. you know, the smaller, smaller supportive muscle. Uh, Everything but you, your knees. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and man, we're having this conversation right now and they're hurting. Yeah. Uh, I, did <laughs> I had legs today and I went heavy and I, it felt great. Until it until, until it doesn't feel great, you and kind of what we were saying earlier about your body reminds you of where you are in life. You know, just a lot of wear and tear, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially as a military guy too. And imagine as a marine, you probably ran with like eighty pounds on your back for for miles. You know, you, you so you walked a lot, and especially oh, I, I was okay. me, me and Jared were in the infantry, and the infantry is exactly that. That's the person that fights the the bulk of the war, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you did a lot of walking with a lot of weight, uh, whether it's body armor and, and your equipment from from ammunition to water to your rifle, to all that. And then most uh, most times you carried what you took with you to wherever you were going. And I think uh, I forgot which uh, university, I think somewhere out west uh, did the study uh, on the, uh, you know, came up with the data on the human body. So every four years in the in the military infantry, whether it's Army or Marine Corps. Uh, it was equivalent to nine years in civilian life. Wow. Yeah, uh, you do a lot of wear and tear on your joints. And there's a running joke in the veteran community is that when you do leave the military eventually and you go to file a uh, a, a, a claim at the Veterans Affairs with the Veteran Affairs, you know, at a local hospital and stuff like that, and they start coming back with, uh, you know, decline your request for whatever it is that you want to get done. And then the big kind of F you on there would say it's not service related. Where did, how did I get it? Their thought process, if it's not in your uh, service record, if you never went to the hospital for it in the military, then it's not service related because we don't know about it, which it, it has changed a lot. It, it, the VA moves at snail pace, but there's been a lot of improvement. So that's it's a big running joke where a lot of these veterans or active duty military guys would post on social media a picture of a, a service member carrying a huge pack or, you know, a, a crazy amount of weight or falling, you know, parachuting and, and getting messed up. And then the caption would be, it's not service related, you know? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Like I've, uh, I've interacted with a lot of, uh, people that have served, um, in the military and pretty much all of them have like knee problems, back problems. Yeah. It's kind of yeah a- that's it's exactly what, what my, where my issues have, um, lower back and knees, you know, more on, a uh, lower back so i have to do a ton of core uh, supported muscles yeah uh, yeah for sure function so yeah yeah that's i think that's that's probably like the biggest issue in terms of like physical fitness is that a lot of people kind of ignore the the most essential parts of of your body just because it's seen as like not uh not aesthetically pleasing i guess like a lot yeah, of the yeah, times absolutely. you know absolutely. supporting your knees is like doing those like kind of like thigh 
uh, adduction motions, you know, thigh, yeah. thigh abduction motions, you know, like, yep. and it doesn't look, it doesn't look like something you want to be doing in public, <laughs> right. but it's really right. essential to be doing those, you know, yeah, especially for absolutely. the strength of your knees. Yeah. Cause you know, guys or girls or whoever, you know, uh, you know, you want they always, you know, like they say, Monday's international chest day, right. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and you know, they do look good in the clothing and the shirt and the tank top and then the legs, maybe wear shorts or whatever, but they forget what connects the two. Right. It's yeah, their yeah. core. Uh, it's where most of your mobility comes from. And they neglect it, unfortunately, unless they're going for that, uh, you know, six pack, whatever, which is great, which is awesome. And it's it's very it's a lot harder done than said. Uh, it's start, obviously, you know, and anybody that's ever been walked into a gym knows it starts in the kitchen. Right. The diet mm-hmm. is everything. Uh, diet, sleep, uh, you know, nutrition and, and all that good stuff. The gym is actually the easiest part of, of all that. hundred uh, percent. It's doing everything else uh, correctly, you know, staying off, uh, staying away from alcohol, uh, stay, staying away from you know, sugar, junk and all that and uh, eating, eating properly. And then uh, if they if they just gave it a chance, uh, a long chance, you know, and you know, a fair chance uh, and saw and, and, and the difference and felt the benefits of it, they would never not do it. But people are impatient. You know, they're not as disciplined and kind of the champion's path is kind of show that example is like, hey. There's way more to this than you than what the naked eye sees, and social media is a big contributor, perpetrator to this. But it's also good in a way. Uh, everybody wants that instant gratification, dopamine dump type, and uh, they see a 10 second, 20 second, one minute video of these individuals putting it all out there, not knowing that it probably took them five, 10 years to get there. They want to do it overnight or in a month or so. So, and then they fail. And then they're right. And then they just completely let go of it or want to go a different direction and buy all these crazy supplements that might hurt them. And uh, again, fail again and become super depressed and super uh, not not motivated because motivation. Obviously, we all know it's bullshit. Uh, you need discipline because uh, yeah, you yeah. might be motivated now. You're motivated on a nice day. But are you motivated when it's negative six out there and it's raining to get up and get dressed and go? Are you motivated on those uh, very, very days where you're very tired and your schedule is hectic and for example i give an example where we're not on the road working uh the day starts you know early very early for us so i'm up at 3 30 i'm up at 4 uh to get that workout and to get it to check that box and get me ready and there's been many days where i don't want to get up where that alarm goes off and i'm like f this you know i'm good i did i try to come up with a million excuses of not to get out of bed I've done it all week. I'm good. I'll do it when I get back. You know, what am I going to, you know, what's a one day? You got to dig deep and find that discipline. And those are the days that count. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's actually a perfect time where you ended it because uh, we're about to run out of time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But no, that was, that was a great send off. Actually. I think we can, uh, I think we can actually use that as, as the closing remarks. So, Man, Ali, thank you again for, for another great conversation. Uh, if you ever want to do this again in the future, you know, feel free to hit me up or, or, or hit Jared up. We can maybe do like a, the three of us together, but um, for now, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed the conversation piece. I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting you in person one day. We can definitely do this again uh, down the road. If anything major happens in my life, line of work, and I feel like we, we could chat about it, I'll definitely hit you up. All right. Perfect. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Get out there, get hungry and good luck.